Hello, welcome back. I hope you're keeping well. I'm David and this is Minus 16. So once again, I've been busy over the last couple of weeks. I got back in the car and racked up a few miles. This time I went a little further up the UK and met up with fellow content creator Alex from the YouTube channel Alex Gear and Tech. We met in his studio, we had a good long natter about everything from working with brands, knowing your value, working with other creators and the future of his channel. So let's roll the podcast. So welcome back to Minus 16, another episode of the podcast. And as you can see, I'm with another creator, Alex. Thank you for letting me into your studio and spending some time with you today. Thanks for coming and thanks for having me. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, as you know, I'm trying to get out and meet creators. It's so much nicer to actually be with people. We get locked behind screens far too much and it's just great to sit down. And we're going to talk about Alex's journey, how you found YouTube and, you know, your journey so far as a, a creator mm-hmm. and and how life's going to for you and what your plans are for the future. But How long have we got? <laughs> we've got as long <laughs> as we need. That's the beauty of it. Awesome. And from Brazil. So mm-hmm. obviously you came over here as a, as a younger man. And yeah. what was it about England that enticed you to want to come here in the first place? Um, I tried to go to America first and didn't work out. <laughs> that was my first option. Uh, no, honestly, so we're I, second best. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a weird time to, to go anywhere actually, because it was um, during, during that time after September 11 and all that. So it was really hard to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so England, I mean, it's always attracted me. Uh, and I came here initially to learn English. And as you can see, it didn't work out, <laughs> as you can hear. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another. I met my then girlfriend and, you know, we, we went back to Brazil together for a bit mm-hmm. and then came back as, um, yeah, as a partnership and became, yep. uh, two years later, we were married and here we are with uh, so, got family here. And how long have you been over in the UK for now? 21 years now, yes. Um, so talking before we start recording, I know you said you started off living in London and yeah. now we're sort of in Gloucestershire, a beautiful part of the world. It's lovely. It's about sort of an hour and a half from where I live. And as I was driving down, the air suddenly started to get cleaner and fresh. It's a beautiful place that you live it's in. lovely place, especially um, in the autumn right now. It's, yeah, it's a very, very green area. And, you know, we're here because yeah, our, we want to look after our family in a, in a bigger space. Our flat in London, mm-hmm. you know, it's officially a two-bedroom flat, but it was actually a one-and-a-half. Yeah, I know what cities in London in particular is like for saying two-bed. It's not the yeah, truth it's necessarily. Not. It was, it was, it was a bedroom and a cupboard that looked like a bedroom. So, yeah, no, so we, we came here, obviously, you know, needed a garden. We got a dog now and, you know, it just it just made a lot more sense as well with the world changing and mm-hmm. being able to work remotely. Uh, so, yeah, it, we love it here now. And reading your website, clearly tech has been something you've been passionate about for a long time. So we'll get around to the channel in a few yeah. moments' time. But before the channel, what's your career path been? And has it been in the tech world of any kind? Yeah, I mean, career-wise, that's what I do still today. I'm a tech consultant. Um, not exactly the same tech, but more kind of in the corporate world. You know, so what would that, just briefly, what, what sort of work would that entail then as a tech IT consultant? So if you think about... I don't know, a, a good example might be a retail shop trying mm-hmm. to sell stuff online. So the website where they sell things online, I need to get the products in there. I need to get, you know, the the customer information in there, the payment details in there. So it's designing that before it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that for quite a, quite a few companies, not just in e-commerce type things, but in, in any corporate um, system, usually involving big systems. So then at the moment, I'd be right in thinking you're running two jobs, running two gigs side by Absolutely. side. Absolutely, yeah. I think YouTube, if I was to kind of put a, a percentage, YouTube probably takes 20 to 30% of my time on a weekly basis, including mm-hmm. weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other gig is 
pretty much nine to five every single day. So the channel's a couple of years old. Mm -hmm. What was it that made you, what was the, the crystallizing moment when you thought, that's for me, I want to dip my toes into the muddy waters of YouTube? It was a combination of things. Um, I think the first one is I've always been keen to, I mean, I'm a gadget person. I, I, I always like to buy the latest gadgets and just play with it. And It's a terrible and, disease, and isn't I it? I get really excited about <laughs> really silly stuff, right? Um, and my friends and my family always, you know, they, they always said to me, because they come to me as the person in the family who can fix their Wi-Fi or their printers, right? But because I get so excited about the stuff and I talk about them and, you know, it's always been the case, you, know, you, should, you should do some reviews, you know, you should... Um, so it's always been in the back of my mind, but I never really had had the courage to to record myself and with videos on, online. And it was only just during COVID that I'm, I'm also a, a football coach, right. yes. soccer for yeah. those in America. And I, you know, during COVID, we couldn't train, we couldn't get the kids together. So I started recording videos, teaching them how to do some drills in their garden or even inside the houses. A little bit like, you know, uh, the, the guy that, that does kind of exercises uh, on TV, right? For everyone to get active and stuff. So I did a similar thing. More of an excuse, if I'm honest with you, to use my gear. Right, yeah. So I got microphones, I got cameras, I got these tripods, you know. So was this kind of you testing the waters then a little bit, do you think? It was, right. At the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if this works out, you know, if I, if I learn enough to <laughs> to be useful, then um, then I'll start a channel. And, and I... And I uploaded it to YouTube and sent it there. And it was really, and they said, oh my gosh, this is really well done. You know, it's really good quality. I was using a decent camera, you know, had even like slow-mo footage in the, in the like this is just for like under eight at the time, right? And- They were thinking it's going to be the typical kind of dad video taken on a shaky phone and suddenly they're getting this, this polished professional. professional. Yeah, it was, it was decent looking uh, things. And then that led into another thing. So maybe I'll start reviewing uh, football gear. So, mm -hmm. I, so I created a channel, don't go searching for it. It's still out there. But yeah, uh, reviewing boots, reviewing footballs, reviewing apparel for football. And that's when I thought, okay, I like this, but I don't see myself doing this for, for a long time. But what I'm really passionate about is, is tech. tech yeah. And I'll, I'll start that. So uh, again, we had a chance to chat before recording and, and looking at the, jumping ahead slightly now, looking at the quality of the video that you're making and creating at the moment. I just assumed that you would have had a lengthy background in videography and, and camera work, but you're saying pretty much it's self-taught and yeah. fairly recently. Very, very recently, yeah. Um, I, I always had a, a keen eye for, for photography, but I never really uh, did anything professionally or uh, went to any courses or anything like that. Way back when, uh, like mid-90s uh, at uni, I did a little bit of work on, on, on that, but it wasn't, it wasn't really enough to give me any grounding. A lot of the stuff that I've learned was picked up in, on YouTube. On YouTube, um, exactly, yeah. Watching the creators that I still watch today, you know, whenever people like Peter Lindgren and, uh, you know, uh, Tom Buck, you know, the, the people that I enjoy watching to learn about mm. audio and video. Um, yeah, that's how, that's how I kind of started to pick up here and there. And I, I think, you know, every video, when I watch back my videos, I still pick up things that, oh, I wish I, oh. I turned the lights a different way or... Or I had the audio, you There's know. There's always something. Setup. I mean, you, 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 we do learn as we go along. And I think even in the process of, of setting up, getting the set right, we, we like to think we're learning, but yeah. nine out of 10, you still look back and you think, oh, I missed yeah. that. I should have done something slightly different. Yeah, exactly. Something. We'll talk about your workflow because as I, say, I think it's, it's clearly gone to another level recently. Yeah. But the Gear and Tech channel then, so we were sort of coming through lockdown, you thought the football wasn't sustainable. No. 
this was your passion. And did you have enough time during lockdown then to give this a lot of attention and time? Is that how it worked out for you? Timing is is one of those things, right? It's um, unless you go full time, is you're always going to be competing with family time and work. Mm. And it's still the case today. Mm. The the only difference today from two years ago is that I'm in the space where things are pretty much a press record and yeah. I'm recording. Whereas previously, I had to tidy up the bedroom and get get the, get the things out of you know everything's on the floor, cables everywhere. So so it made it you know creatively. Um, it was a lot more difficult, but yeah. So, so right now is the time is still the same. The time available for me to do YouTube is the same, mm-hmm. but I get more done because it's easier. In, you can in walk in and start working and creating. Yeah. So, I mean, coming more to modern times and the channel did fairly well, fairly early on from what I could see the subs. I mean, as I told you now, you're just underneath 40,000 subs. And you said that the last month has been pretty good to you as well, that subs have been coming through. So yeah. clearly the channel's going places and the direction of the videos that you're making and the the creative energy behind them has clearly gone in a different direction. Now, is that something that you've cognitively decided to keep the channel fresh, to keep the content fresh? You wanted to do something different. Yeah, I'm always changing. I think even going from, you know, from one bedroom in the house to another, to a bigger bedroom in the house was always something in the back of my mind thinking, this isn't good enough. If you know mm. what took me to this place is not going to be the same thing that takes me to the next place. So I always had that mentality in in other areas as well of life, right? I mean, in business. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I consciously think I have to to keep things fresh. But something that actually I think helped uh, in the last couple of months was me being myself uh, a bit more because it's looser. Yeah, if I'm honest with you, I. You know, I script everything, mm-hmm. but in in recent months, I found that either because I was running out of time, or because I was actually quite passionate about some of the stuff that I was talking about, I found it easier to kind of ignore the script a little bit and free roll a bit more. Yeah. And from listening to comments and other creators as well, feedback, it's 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 been something that people are actually relating to more, right? So it doesn't feel so sterile and perfectly built. You know, there's there's, there's Failures in in the way I speak, in in the way I... Yeah, but that's, it's not failures, that's your channel and people are going to watch. This is something that you and I were chatting about Mm. is that with YouTube, although we all like to watch a polished, professional, well-crafted video, equally they've got to buy into your character and trying to hide away from what you natively are. Okay, so you might not be the loudest shouting voice out there, but you've got warmth, you've got sincerity. People would feel safe in your company yeah. And those, we all have to learn what our strengths are. And clearly what you're doing now is playing to your strengths. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something that I'm still learning mm. because you know, there's, there's got to be a balance, right? So of, of information, because I could go completely off piece sometimes and, and go complete like comedian style and that doesn't work. But, but it, it, it does help to add a little bit of what I'm like mm. normally. And it makes me, it, it makes the creative process a, a lot easier as well for me because I'm, I think I can just chat as if I was chatting to to a friend or to to you here. Yeah, a friend or to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you've got to buy me dinner first. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think on the first date. Yeah, it, it would be it would be interesting to see how things progress because I'm I'm really enjoying the fact that I I can be myself mm-hmm. because at the very beginning, the first I'd say the first year, maybe year and a half, I was a bit too um, conscious of the fact that. 
I, I couldn't, and I have to be, I I'm not sounding exciting enough. I'm not, I'm, I'm too laid back. Um, but actually, you know, that's actually, that, that's now the motor of the channel. I call it, you know, kind of chilled, you know, chilled out kind of I mean, style. I've, I've always liked to think that the people who now watch these podcasts, which is an odd way of thinking of them <laughs> and listen to them, yeah. could be creators that are thinking of starting a channel themselves. And mm. One of the things that I know is really tough to get used to is sitting in front of a piece of glass by yourself yeah. talking. It sounds like it should be incredibly simple. Mm. Certainly, I underestimated how awkward it is. Yeah. Even when you know you're in a lovely studio now by yourself, it still feels bloody awkward sitting there talking to nothing yeah. and being yourself. Absolutely, no, and I at the very beginning I created a video about our teleprompter and how that made me sort of find it easier to record and, and how that helped me sort of lose a little bit of the, of the, of that issue of talking mm. to, to a camera. And I still, I'm still kind of learning uh, that, but what I find easy is to do complete, something completely different uh, before you record so that you're not building up that tension and sort of, my gosh, I press record now I've got to speak, you know, so you, you're kind of anxious to, to record and you're not really being relaxed. So I find like either calling a friend and having a good old laugh about stuff or, you know, going for a run, doing something completely totally different, different and then press record and don't be rushed into recording. So sometimes I press record and walk around the room, I fix the lighting or do something like that. And then I sit down and as I start, I start talking, mm. right? And even though I'm no, in the back of my mind, that footage is not something I'm going to be using. It, the fact that I started talking kind of gets the flow going. And what you see on YouTube it's probably five minutes in. An extension of that. <laughs> of, yeah. And that's probably, to, we can see, that, you know, there has been this definite change in, in the last, I'd say fairly recent, six weeks of your output mm -hmm. where you have just become easier and freer. And that's probably, I don't know if this, this method that you've been working on now, sort of mm -hmm. walking around, getting almost warming up, yeah. has fitted in with that time frame. But clearly there's been a change to you. And, and it must just be the confidence that the channel's doing well and people enjoy you, that must help. It does help. And I think there was a few things that kind of, you know, it's almost like the stars aligned, right? There were good uh, products being launched. Mm -hmm. um, I got a good sort of influx of, of people coming in for my um, tablet reviews. And, and those are, you know, those, if, if I recorded that video a year ago, you wouldn't tell the difference. It was very kind of deadpan, just talking about what I like and what I don't like about the stuff. But then, um, when Apple, I think Apple screwed up in a couple of product launches and I got really excited about it and, and running out of time, I was like, I'd rather record something, even if it's not perfect and just get it out there. Mm -hmm. So the editing wasn't uh, to my standards, you know, the way I like to edit, I had lots of effects and I like to spend a lot of time on the edit. With, with, with the videos I did well recently, I just, I was just, it was just being myself, chatting as if I was down in the pub, talking to a friend. And I think I hit a bit of a, yeah, so as a combination of the, the topic being popular, uh, me being passionate about, yeah, that, about comes that through, and then also timing. I think mm -hmm. timing, if forced to kind of hierarchically put these things, timing beats everything. If you're, if you're, if you post a video, even if it's like a day too early or too late, you know, it can make or break your video. And so let's, let's just sort of metaphorically roll the sleeves up and go through the weeds a little bit. Let's begin mm -hmm. to mention the A word, the algorithm word. Yeah. Something that we, we briefly discussed mm -hmm. and you cited videos where you've had 80, 100,000 views. Mm -hmm. You'll use that same formula 
with the same kind of script, yeah. the same products, and suddenly it'll dip to 20,000. Yeah. Now, we all like to think we know something about the algorithm. Do you chase the algorithm or do you make content that you want to make and you think your channels, viewers, avatars, whatever, want to watch? How do you go about that? Because as you just said, yeah. they either way can make a big difference. Yeah. But you don't want to just make algorithm-based content, do you? No, because it's a very easy, easy thing to do. And, and you will, eventually you, you, you'll either find yourself kind of in a corner that YouTube, nothing else will work. Or you find yourself in, in, a, in a creative block that because, you know, you can't create anything else. You're always kind of having to create this one thing mm. that, you know, and some, and some people actually said to me before, you have to niche down. You're talking across too many things, you know, trying to niche down a little bit more. And I consciously went against that. You know, people with a lot more experience in, in you know, bigger channels than me told me this at the very beginning. So you, you're, you're a bit all over the place. But for me is, uh, you know, what I found recently is that if you've got, you know, the, if you know the calendar of, in the tech space anyway, we kind of know of what's, what's going on, yeah. right? You start building up and then you build, you kind of, I know what will work. If I, if I release a video today about an iPad or a Tab SA Ultra or something like I call like flagship devices, the videos will do well. I, I'm, I'm, you almost you know, guarantee that. Almost, right? Mm. I'm not that. Uh, arrogant to say that you will definitely get hundreds of thousands, but you definitely do well. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, I know that if I release a video that is out of season about a product that not many people are searching about, um, it just won't. It just won't work. You know, YouTube is very good at putting putting videos in front of people based on what's trending. So, uh, looking at your channel now, then and moving forward, are you? going to take the advice of niching down? Because from what you're saying, you obviously think that the algorithm does rely to a certain degree on a niche so that they can put videos in front of the right viewers. Is, yeah. Would that be right? Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, if, if you do a video that's done well and you build an audience there that comes back for the mm. next video. So if I take the, the Watch Ultra, the Apple Watch Ultra as an example, um, I'm pretty much uh, confident that when I, when I release a video, Coming, so you've heard it first. There's a, there's a video coming for my two months later or three months later. Review. What would we do without the, the six weeks later and the two months? Yeah, later? exactly. We, we all trade on them, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know it will do well because yeah. the last um, I've only done two videos and they both broke the 100 k views. So I know there's an audience already in my channel it enjoys how are, you talk about the watch. Exactly, and I, and I and I have a perspective on it that is not you know I'm not climbing a mountain or whatever. So there's I bring a, an element to it that probably, you know, not many people are, are thinking about. However, you know, that, that, that can't be the sole purpose of the channel, right? Otherwise I'll just have a, an Apple Watch Ultra channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that will dry it's up die very quickly. quickly. Yeah. So, so I, I, don't, I don't think I will take that advice, but I will probably uh, not niche down to a specific brand or to a specific thing, but definitely stay within a, a type of video. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't review something like, you know, in the early days, I reviewed a, a Wi-Fi router or, you know, I, I don't think that would work. I think the rueful smile says it all that perhaps a router won't make its way to your channel again. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're, um, I don't know, a Netgear, if you want to sponsor the channel, I'm joking. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's, that, that's, it's not something that my audience, I know my, my audience would not watch. And, and that is key for any video on YouTube. If your current audi audience doesn't watch your video, is not going to get pushed out to more people. That's mm. basically how it works. 
that could change, right? The algorithm is at the end of the day, a bit of code that someone is writing, but it's, it's, a, it's a bit like knowing, knowing your audience. If your audience is going to click on that video and the beauty of having multiple pockets of audience, right? Cause which is what I've got right now. I have a, a galaxy fold for audience mm-hmm. as well that I built out of nowhere. Videos do well with, with that device again, because coming from an Apple perspective, using something different usually does yeah, well well talk as well. both ways, you know. Yeah, and, and so I know when I do my long-term review for that for that video, there will be a people who will come back for, for that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I know at, at the moment, the, the way the algorithm works, that because people will come back, the algorithm will push to more people and the audience will grow. Yes. That, that's, that's in a nutshell how, how I see it right now. So I, I find it beneficial that I can kind of have options for for different things, mm-hmm. uh, even though from a timing perspective and from a coordination perspective, it, it's really hard. I wish it wasn't the case, but. Um, so hard. part of the reason, apart from the enjoyment and the passion you've got for tech, um, I would imagine we're both in the same boat that we looked at this also as being another revenue stream of possible business. And that's one of the things I really liked about YouTube was that from the get go, there was no having to hide behind the fact that this is a business and there are yeah. costs attached to it and that you do make some money. You're not going to get rich quick, but you do make yeah. some money from from working in this space. So I know that you've become part of various chat groups on WhatsApp and so on. Mm-hmm. And you said they were really useful to you. Gosh, yeah. and, and now I'm beginning to sort of steer the conversation around to as the channel grows and if people are again in this position, the advice that you could give, if a brand comes to you, how do you know what your worth is to them? If they come to you, I'm trying to think, well, let's say a headphone brand comes to you and say they want to sponsor a video, not just have a pay promotion. Yeah. How do you know what you're worth? It's so tricky, right? And, and I remember having these conversations early on with people around me, right? Not, not really other creators, but thinking, oh my gosh, I got an email from a brand. Because you're a businessman. Me. So you're used yeah. to charging people. Yeah, exactly. But you know, when it comes to YouTube, I was a total newbie, right? It's complete. I, mean, I still consider myself, you know, still learning. Before, but, just interrupting you momentarily, very much yeah, to do with this, sure. before we're not putting figures on it. So, Let's say the first brand that came to you mm-hmm. and you were trying to think what to charge, what you ended up charging, was it anything near what you originally thought in your head? Were you way out too low, too high? Way too low. Really? Yeah, way too low. We, we as creators in general, I mean, everyone I speak to is the same. Uh, even people who are, have much bit more subscribers than me sometimes, I think, oh gosh, you, know, you, you definitely should be charging more. Uh, so I think the first thing to, I mean, for me, I use you know, your point about me running another business. Mm. I use that as a, as, a, as a guide, right? If I'm taking time that I could be earning in my other business, for example, Expands or even if it's there, my, yeah. my weekend, so well, I would charge that anyway in any other situation, mm. right? So why not? So I try to say that that's a starting point for my- So you're attaching time. a value to your time full stop. Exactly, that's the first, yeah. yeah. So I start there. So I've got three templates basically for, for, for charging people. So it will depend on whether the product fits the channel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's a product that fits and brilliant, um, I, but if it's a product that I know the product is not going to do well as a video, then I'll probably charge more because I will have to work really hard to make the video, um, you, you know, more, more watchable. So I think it's a combination of, but at the very beginning, I didn't know, I, I really didn't know. Do you remember the first, I'm not, not going to ask for the brand, but do you remember the first people that I, came to you? I do remember. It was a Wi-Fi router. Yeah. And I, I, it was a no name. Mm-hmm. And they found you how then? I'm fascinated. Yeah, Just through watching a channel picking you up? I don't know how they found find me. I mean, 
I think at the moment, um, I get about eight or nine emails a day and they're all similar to those first emails that I've gotten. Uh, you know, maybe once a month I'll get a recognizable brand mm-hmm. and, and they come, you know, they come through an agency most of the time, not directly. Um, but I also reach out to brands, uh, you know, myself. So, you know, if I like their stuff, I go on Instagram or go on Twitter. There's many ways of, of getting mm. in touch. And you'd be surprised, right? How I've got this thing, right? It's a bit of an aside and I'll get back to, to the original mm. question, but mm. it's something that just pops up, which is um, when I get ghosted on Instagram or Twitter, I, I, I wait about two weeks and I respond just to the ghost emoji to the brand. And... I'm starting, I might make a video about this because the success rate of the ghost emoji is amazing. <laughs> really? like I've, I've said in my- in, in Yeah, my I'm going to make a video tonight about that. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, because people, you know, most of these people, you got to remember, I'm, I'm not spring chicken, right? I'm, I'm in my forties. But I know <gasps> I that- I wish. <laughs> but, but I know that, yeah, amongst the young generation, you know, it's kind of being ghosted is, is a thing. And then, you know, people, people get quite- emotional about it, I guess. I don't know, but they do come back. So, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to, to ghost you. I said, no, it's fine. You know, if you don't want to work it with me- It breaks down the door, yeah. But it starts the conversation mm. and I had um, a desk, uh, kind of a sit-stand desk yeah. that worked out that way after a ghost emoji. There's a, an FPV drone in the other room that, that I need to review that again was a, was a ghost emoji that got, got to that point. So yeah, it, but you know, going back to the original question on uh, you know, the, the importance of, of, you know, having a community around you. Mm. Uh, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's still today a lifeline, right? Sometimes your family or your friends, they won't relate. I mean, it's unlikely that they will relate to the stuff that you do on YouTube. So for me, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great way of releasing uh, pressure as well. Sometimes you, you're, you're under stress and you can just share stuff, right? I recorded an entire video without audio. I talk to my wife about this, she go, I don't know what that means. Yeah, so well. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so we, so we can share those those horror stories uh, amongst friends in, mm. in a way. So using WhatsApp and Telegram groups and Twitter as well. Twitter, I've been all over for sure. It works really well in this space. I mean, I've yeah. reached out to creators and I know that you watched the, uh, when I went over to sit with your friend Patrick. Yeah. And uh, I was saying to him then that- uh, That the, reminds me, are we on mute? Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, that was for you. (laughs) Um, But he was saying, well, when I was talking to him, that there seems very little bad ego. Clearly there's ego. We sit talking Mm. in front of a camera, but you you can reach out to people. And on the whole, I found, apart from one person, Mm. who I won't mention, an American that was (laughs) not what I expected at all behind the camera. um, Most of them are really, really supportive and behind you. And they can have 100, 200,000 subs. But if you reach out to them in the right way and say, look, I've just watched you. I'd love to have some time with you. How's your calendar? Most people are really good. And then from what you're saying now, even turning to a group as a newbie and saying, what should I charge? They're willing to help. Absolutely. And, and, and I'd say, you know, if you're just starting a channel right now, is the, is the priority number one. Get, get kind of like-minded people around you, even if it's just virtually. I was, well, if I was Barack, I would have had it. <laughs> Be late for a <laughs> but yeah, just get people around you that are kind of you know sharing the same experiences. Mm. And Twitter is a good start. Um, yeah, so having that support around you, and that's part of why I've been trying to get out and actually sit with people because mm. I, I'd like to think it's it's better content, but also it's wonderful for me because part of what we do is is very solo. Yeah, you spend yeah. a lot of time by yourself, and you become used to it. Frighteningly. Absolutely. And, and I think that's probably why I think reaching out to people is easier in, in this context because 
let's face it, we're all by ourselves most of the time, you know, mm. especially when they're doing full-time uh, content creation. That's a lot of time spent by themselves. So I think they they probably welcome, and I, speaking for myself, I would welcome anyone kind of coming up to me and say, you know, do you want to have a chat about content creation? Because mm. like, I'd love to, because yeah. usually it's just me and a camera, right? And it's great, as you said, to be able to share that passion and even better to be able to share that passion one-on-one, face-to-face. It's because yeah. you can just, you know, obviously we were talking before recording, there's just all sorts of things were coming up, comparing notes and finding out stories. It just makes yeah. a difference. Now yeah. you're kind of not alone. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, you know, it, it's surprisingly a, a, a well-knit community as well on, mm. on Twitter and, you know, kind of in the tech space anyway, mm. where we can share. I mean, it's, it's amazing. In, in most traditional businesses, you wouldn't really say to, to a, almost like a competitor, right? How much do you charge? <laughs> you wouldn't do that. But in, in the tech space, it's, it's very open. And, and I love that. I think it's a, it's a refreshing way of working. And, you know, because brands, whether we like it or not, they will look at you with, you know, and almost put a tag on you based on your subscribers alone. There are a few brands out there that have worked with me from the very early days before even 5,000 subscribers and said, you know, would love to work with you. But they, they are, I can count them on, on my one hand. I was just going to ask, do you tend to get repeat work from sponsors? Yeah, and the trick for me was, you know, especially when you're starting, and, and I've used this tactic um, e- even recently, where if you work, want to work with a brand and they're not responding or they're not, you know, kind of coming back to you, my advice is buy their product and then do a video anyway a no cost and then send it to them. So mm-hmm. this is what I've created. It'll be, you know, be great if you had a look. And I've done that a few times where, you know, I even shouted out in the video. So, you know, it'd be awesome to work with you, but I just, I just bought it as a customer and, and whatever. So I think there's, there's, there's options that I mean, you don't need to wait for the brand to come to you all the time. I think you can go to them and, you know, uh, I don't think I've got to that point yet, but it would be nice, right? To say I'm too big to ignore. Yeah, but what you can do is be noisy in in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of make the right noise about the content that the brand will then say, "Oh wow, you know, that that creator, even though they 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 don't have enough subscribers to to be in our banding of sponsorship, they're actually you know doing doing great jobs." So, does sub count matter to a sponsor? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I'm aware. I know. So in the community, there's people who, being a content creator, went to work for for agencies and stuff. So there's a lot of sharing. Oh, from so they the know the inside well. story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I won't mention who they are, but you have, you know, in, in the old days of Clubhouse, the amount of information flowing in those rooms was amazing for me. You know, mm. it obviously then became a bit of a personal branding thing that I don't go to anymore. But at the very beginning, there was a lot of sharing and those examples of people saying that there's definitely lists of- uh, It's a clear cut defined. creators. And there's a banding as well, right? So there's nano creators, micro creators, and they all have a, a certain price. Um, I would I would say as a creator, ignore all that. You know, send send to the brand what you think your job is worth, mm-hmm. but at the same time be realistic, right? Because if you're if you're just starting, then you you know what, something that I did was produce a few videos about product that I really was passionate about, until the to the point where the brand then said, okay. And it wasn't even sponsored, right? It was just sending me things <laughs> to review. So that was that was the first kind of first layer um, to to eventually now where we we discuss sponsorships. Um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of 
getting the price right is is, is tricky because you know you, you're never really gonna get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. But I would say is start high. You know, let's be honest. You can only maybe, go one way because if you if you if you're doing this as a business and you want this to be a long term thing, and it's a brand that you really like, don't see it as a one shot opportunity, right? Eminem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is yeah Um, see this as as an opportunity to say right it's a long term thing and if you start in the right way then you know it doesn't in two years down the line you'll still be fair for both sides and yeah and and, and brands get a lot of you know return business as well because they, they will they will see the value in not just that one video that you did but in some examples you might get a deal that they can use the footage on their socials yeah. and stuff. So there, there are multiple ways of So it's far-reaching. Com- yeah. So YouTube is one stream, right? Mm-hmm. But that content, you know, you can can give access to the brand for them to upload it to the website. Oh, so is that, I hadn't even thought of that. When you're signing these contracts then, do you agree how far as to where they can use yeah. your media? I hadn't thought of that. Even, even simple things like retweeting a promotional tweet or uh, oh so you sign up uh, you agree that they can do that yeah or an Instagram post you know so some, of, some of them actually will, will will come with a proposal already to say mm. that that's you know that's part Attention, of what they're saying yeah. but in my templated answer to, uh, response to emails I say look you don't just get a video on YouTube this is the other additional things that you would get being a, a business myself I've got uh, an eye to this becoming a business and so I wondered how these contracts come through. I, I'd always imagined that, do you end up giving too much? Uh, by that I mean, say in the video itself, do you give too much energy, too much time for what they would be expecting? I mean, I would put myself in your position, think mm. as a rookie, I'd probably go over the top, give, give them way more than they deserve. Yeah, and, and I think you have to choose strategically, you know, who you do that for. If, if it's something that you see quite of obscure, maybe it's a startup brand that no one, you know, has ever heard before. Then in that case, maybe just be tactical about it, right? So about we, this is going to be a one one job mm-hmm. thing. And, but in my proposal, I always include, right? You're always going to get an additional post on Instagram. You're going to get this if you want to, right? Uh, and you can, if you want to, you can use my footage on your own website to promote the product on your website. And a lot of, a lot of people take that up because, you know, it's, it's almost like having a testimonial on their website. There's some conditions, right? If, if as long as they don't rip the, the, the footage completely off YouTube and, and put it on the website, because that has happened. You know, I had to deal with that. Say, hey, we agreed on a link to the YouTube video. Oh, wanted, they were taking the whole. Th- oh, they were just ripping it themselves and putting the video so there's no link as to if your it was their video and URL back on almost. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so that doesn't work. It has to work for both parties uh, long term, right? Of course. And, yeah, and I, th- I think having having that mentality of knowing your price early on is something that I wish someone told me before. So I just have a have a have a day rate, have a have a rate for your for your work. Mm. Um, so I came up with with that. I mean, and yeah, before even one year doing YouTube, I came up with a standard template for for proposal for, for reaching out to brands. And looking at it now, I'm thinking, you know, brands must have read that. Oh my gosh, you no! Know, either they thought I was way ahead of, does he think he's got 500,000 subscribers? Or they probably thought that's quite a professional way of approaching it and, mm-hmm. and liked it. Some, some brands still work with me today that actually, you know, responded to the fir- very first contract that I sent to them over a year ago. So what's your stance then with the channel on 
if we break this down between a sponsored slot or mm-hmm. a sponsored video. Now, my own view when I'm watching creators that have got sponsored videos, mm. I'm skeptical because yeah. I know that I'm kind of watching a longish commercial in yeah. essence, even if I really love that creator and what they mm. represent and stand for. And yes, I can probably learn something about the product. In the position you're in now, obviously your channel is growing and that's going to come away more yeah. and more. What's your stance on, if, if we would say, I don't know, you're making 10 videos a month, how many of those would you be prepared to be sponsored, fully sponsored videos, bearing in mind you could earn very well out of that, but equally lose some of the attention of your viewers? How do you square yeah. that off? So I made a decision like this month because I, I've I kind of had enough of the sponsored videos, you know, doing great for, for the financials of the channel but not doing anything for my audience. And, and mm. I'm, I mean, not, I mean, yeah, the, the, the recent examples I've had are, are almost like a confirmation of what I was thinking already. So I think for, coming to next year, um, I'm not going to do any dedicated full videos about a, a None. sponsor. No. So I will work with brands that, that will sponsor a video, mm. but in a way that I'm talking about a product that is related to their product. Yeah. And I will insert, and you know, something like, "Hey, by the way, you could look at this product. It might be a, a VPN. I mean, I've never done a VPN sponsor, even though like it's the first thing that people do. Have you done a Squarespace one yet? Squarespace is coming. <laughs> I just <laughs> you heard it. I know your site's built on Squarespace. Actually, when I was looking it at your is, website, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a customer, so yeah, it was nice <laughs> when they reached out. Um, so yeah, they're coming, and that's that's the next year. But again, you, I wouldn't spend ten minutes talking about about that product. I mean, the, the, because it just won't do anything for the channel and mm. you know, it's, it's not really, um, yeah, it would be, be awesome financially probably. But. Yeah, so you really have put your money where your mouth is and if you decide next year, no fully sponsored videos, and I'm assuming they are the ones that pay the best. They must do. It's a whole video about a brand. So You'd be surprised. Actually, you know, the effort is the same. Um, if not, there's probably more effort in, in a fully sponsored video. Um, and the return on investment isn't isn't that great. Really? Yeah, isn't that great? Because you can. I have a, I've had examples where I did a a, a two minute sponsored slot, which is quite a long slot mm-hmm. in a video, that paid a lot more than a ten minute fully sponsored video. So, yeah. And what's your workflow? We begin to just talk about your workflow now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first aspect I wanted to cover is planning. Do you plan ahead, or is it? of a Sunday evening, right, I've got to think content this week. How There's kind of two camps. Yeah. Where do you fall? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely a, a planner. I mean, uh, in the other room, there's a whiteboard with the videos that I need to make. I'm so definitely a planner. Planning, yeah. Yeah, I, def- yeah. I, I definitely plan ahead because, uh, and I learned this at the very beginning. At the very beginning, I wasn't. I was very much whatever I felt like. And, and there were way too many occasions where I sat down, I think, okay, I need to record a video for this week. And I didn't know what to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then you end up making videos that are not really, you don't feel, you know, right for it. So I, some random stuff in, in, in those early days because I wasn't planning. Now there's a calendar. I know when the product launches are coming. I know when my one month, two month review about something needs to, needs to come up. And then I, I leave some space in there for, you know, uh, accessory videos, apps, videos that are kind of a gap filler between product launches. So yeah, I, I, that's how I start. I start to say, right, in the calendar this month, these are the videos that I need to, to talk about. There, there will be times in, the, uh, in September, I think it happened where some, you know, uh, Apple or, or a big 
you know, a big announcement will be made and you have to react quickly yeah. and, and it almost becomes a bit of a, a news video. Mm. So I like those as well because mm. they're quick to make and they are topical. So they'll be, get lots of views. People will be interested in, and it's nice to just provide your own viewpoint on, on those. But yeah, most, mostly is, uh, is planned. And where do you draw your inspiration for your ideas? If you're on the whiteboard in the office there, you say you've got a number of videos written down apart from the, the two six-month reviews and so on. Where do you draw inspiration from? So it, it'll be mostly around the season, right? So if I'd, I'd, I don't think there's any point talking about, for example, the iPhone accessories uh, for, uh, you know, in January, February, because everyone has already bought them. Mm. But right now, it would have been the right time to talk about that. So I think there's, there's a level of seasonality that I need, you need to be aware of. Um, I also like new products, right? So, so sometimes there'll be a new camera or a new uh, microphone or something like that. And I don't know who said this, but yeah, there's like 10 videos you make, you know, that you make out of those 10, nine will be for YouTube, one will be for yourself. I, I like that idea. Um, I don't really, I don't think there's a number to it now, but I always, I always like to leave a list of video in there I like to make. So. I think that was Sarah Dietschy. I seem to remember she mentioned that, didn't she? She had sort of the, the, the her videos and then the, the algorithm videos yeah. kind of and thing. Yeah, I think that's very healthy to, to have. And, and I think recently, so I did a video which was just about ProRes as a feature. And so I yeah. went out yeah. and just recorded. Two hours. It ended up to be a two minutes uh, total video. It was just a, a random video that I liked. I always wanted to make. And it was you know, just a bit of a creative outlet, if you like, of... Even though all my videos, I try to, to add a little bit of creativity mm. in there because it, it can, you know, if you do the same thing over and over, it can get quite, quite boring, right? It can look samey, but again, you know, I guess if you look at a movie director, a, mm. a movie made by a certain director is always going to have a stamp of him on it. And yeah. I guess that's the same in a mini version with what we do. We all have our own ways of either putting things, our own, even the, the graphics that we use, we tend to have yeah. sort of things we refer to and go back to time and again. Yeah. And that's... Not always a bad thing, because again, I think part mm. of this YouTube thing is familiarity. People yeah. like coming into your world, your space, your studio, and seeing you. We want yeah. to spend time with you. And that's yeah. where YouTube, I still think, remains unique, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think I need to do a better job at that, because I think, um, I, for example, the, the look and feel of the channel at the moment is is not as consistent you know, throughout. throughout. If I look at my my pages scroll through the page. It's, it's really all over the place. Mm. So um, I think I need to do a better job at that because that, you know, I totally agree. The, the, even the branding, the way things look and feel on your, on your first page on the channel um, should be familiar so that when next time you release a video, people who watched it before will recognize you. Because, you know, sometimes my thumbnails are very much a second thought. You know, I'd, I'd love it for not to, not to be the case. There are videos, maybe two out of 10 will be, I, I got the thumbnail even before uh, the video. I've started doing that now. I'm starting with thumbnails. It's a great place to start because it's, it actually drives the writing, you know, because you have to then sell the message that you, you exactly see. that. Yeah. It, it, it does make a lot of sense rather than making the video in this way. How, how do I comprise all of that? I found it really helped because I was I go the exact route that you said. I, I, I have the idea, that's germinated. I then create a thumbnail, then script, mm. then shoot. Because once I create that thumbnail, I kind of know the direction I want the rest of that production of that video yeah. to go. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I need to do a lot more work on that because at the moment, yeah, there's way too many videos where my, my 
my week sort of goes, I, I, I write at the beginning of the week, something, you know, whenever I've got free time. Hopefully by Thursday, I would have recorded the A-roll. Mm-hmm. And then if I have time on Friday evenings or Saturday after football coaching and all that, Real that's life. when I quickly record B-roll, edit and upload. Upload, yeah. And it's uh, it's a rush pretty much, you know, every, every Saturday. And then the thumbnail, as the video is uploading, it's like, God, I got, forgot the thumbnail. <laughs> so I've got to, got to go and produce it. And, yeah. So a couple of other areas I thought we would cover is generically talk about the tech space. Mm-hmm. There's that conversation. And I, it, again, you were talking about seasons. It is seasonal. You will get the same conversation coming up in sort of September, in November, December. Mm-hmm. Has the tech space blown out? Is it dead? Has it gone? We'll talk about that. And then also mm-hmm. I was going to mention shorts with you and, you know, how you see yourself mm-hmm. in that space. Yeah. But first of all, talking about the tech space on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Where do you think it stands alone? It, looking at it, from my point of view, it seems that creators have, have just now woken up again and aren't being as lazy. They're looking to just be more inventive. And th- there was too much sitting behind a desk and just doing the same thing yeah. time and time and time. And it looks yeah. like now there's been a gentle kick up the backside. Yeah, I think that there's a, there's a few things that are happening. I think the vlogging uh, is, is, is one thing that is influencing people to, to get out there and, and so get out of the desk. Even though I just got a beautiful studio, well, I'm trying to build it up. That's lovely. It 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 does kind of make you a bit too comfy sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And and, I, and I've made a, a conscious effort to go out and record myself outside, and sometimes using the product outside as well because it, it makes a big difference sometimes. You know, if it's something like a smartphone, you know, people care about quality of the call, uh, things, you know, how he looks even outside. Mm. Yeah, whether so, it's bright enough, whether there's too much wind noise and so yeah. on. So yeah. I think I, I've, I've definitely seen that and I attribute some of that to Casey Neistat sometimes. You know, he's he's back in love with him. maybe that's influencing other people to to be more like that. But in the tech space, Peter Lindgren is great. Adara, he's got his vlog channel and um, yeah, big fan of that, that sort of style because mm. it, it does get you closer to the person rather than just being someone, you know, behind a desk. So I think that that's, in terms of the tech space though, I, I do feel that we are, st- have been stagnant for, for a while in terms of the devices and it's always a, a, a slightly improved version of what we just had. And it was about a year ago, I did a video about this, right? The, the form factor of tech that we hold is getting, is getting old, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a young person, but I'm, I would imagine even, you know, they'll be really, really bored with these rectangular pieces of glasses that we, we hold. So I think it's prime time now for us to, to move to a different form factor of interacting with tech. You know, I know we've got AR glasses and VR mm-hmm. glasses already, but I think it's something like that that will that will probably kick the uh, kick new life into into the tech industry. I think. Yeah. Do you find that your viewing habits? I'm taking it. Because when I was speaking with Patrick again, he was saying a lot of creators don't watch YouTube, which I found really surprising. But I'm guessing you are an avid YouTube watcher. Yeah. And has your viewing habits, have your viewing habits changed over? I watch, um, I watch cameras getting, uh, <laughs> getting done by, by, by people who, yeah, I forgot the name of the channel, Pierogi or whatever. So unrelated to, to tech, I do go watch tech videos about things that I've already reviewed. So I go back, uh, but for example, there was an iPhone launch happening next week. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there will be some of these flagship channels like Aaron and MKBHD, right? There'll be- Embargo launch, yeah. 
I will avoid all of those videos. And I never used to. I used to actually idea. watch their videos and almost like get get some bits of information from their videos to go into my video. But I found that that doesn't, I mean, that that helps, you know, and if that's kind of the last resort, fine. But I'd rather have my own views and then, you know, if I forget stuff, that's, that's basically, that's me, right? What you see yeah, is what you yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I avoid watching other other reasons. Even people who are, who are closer to me, recently I, st I stopped um, watching because, you know, at the back of your mind, when you're creating your own video, you go, oh, hang on, but so-and-so said this. Mm. I shouldn't contradict them or whatever. So I'd rather just say, look, I haven't watched a single review. This, this is my personal opinion. And then later I will probably go and, and compare notes mm -hmm. just from a curiosity point of view. But... Uh, I always find it fascinating that either I picked up on the same things or maybe I did have a, a different different perspective on it. Yeah, I think the idea of keeping yourself distance, it, well, again, it brings your brand, makes your brand unique, doesn't it? Because you are talking about something as you honestly feel and yeah. not influenced by anybody else. And, and the point you made about the people that are close to you, that's probably even more pertinent because you will be more heavily influenced by people that you know just... Because. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard not to be influenced, right? I think something I learned quite, quite young, uh, you know, in, in my career was kind of to pick good examples of, of people that you, you know, you appreciate that you mm. enjoy watching or you enjoy their, their work and, and kind of ignore the stuff that you don't like, right? So kind of put that all together and add your own, own style to things. I wouldn't say I've got my own style yet. I mean, it's, it's far from it, but I'm definitely influenced by a lot of other creators but I always like to add a little bit of myself in there because it, you know, is what it's all about, right? Well, and that leads me on to the shorts because mm. again, just before we start recording, I know you were saying that shorts, you mentioned a couple of creators that are just so different on those, you know, mm. insanely funny, bring humor into it. Yeah. Clearly you've got a wicked sense of humor. Clearly there's things that tickle your fancy that you can't really talk about on the main channel. Okay. Where do you feel shorts could take you? So at the moment is, is, is a bit of a, I think we're in a transition period, right? Because shorts are now being monetized from next year or so people start getting paid for, for it. Um, and we just, as a, as a small creator community, noticed that the, the views on shorts are lower now than mm. they used to be used to get. Like as soon as you post it, 15 minutes in and you get thousands of views. That's changing. And mm. I think YouTube is making, is making some changes as we speak to shorts. On the whole though, I think it's an unavoidable uh, format, people watching YouTube are going to be scrolling through shorts whenever they don't want to watch a long-term review. That's kind of part of part and parcel of YouTube. I never thought I needed to create a, a special channel for shorts. No. A lot of people did that. And I think that's... I, well, I they count towards was, your view count now as well, don't they? So, I mean, I don't see the point of putting... Because I'm sure they do count towards your views, don't they? And yeah, hours. and initially, I think that was one of the issues. Right? The, the retention uh, could affect the, the, the channel. Uh, oh, because the nature they're very short means yeah. that the retention's short. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I think there was, it made a lot of sense to create a separate video. And the other reason was, and that's a, a reason that I still worry about every single time I upload a short, which is the people who subscribe to my channel... Uh, subscribed based on a long, sh probably. Right? I don't think I've got shorts that got more than fifty subs, right? Mm. And, and that's a that's a great one. <laughs> that's that's kind of I can count. There's one video that did well on shorts. Most people, the entire entire community, in my channel is built on long term. So if I upload a short, 
I'm always conscious of the person receiving that notification. And, oh, it's a video from Alex. I'm going to click on it. And then it's a short. And the short, you know, I don't know if, it has to be very punchy. It has mm. to be, I think it has to be a b- bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be too serious, I don't think. Unless, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's hard for me to, to do 15 seconds or 30 seconds and, 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 and make it not entertaining. I think it has to be uh, entertaining in, in a way. So I, I think it's here to stay, but I think it's, it's going to be a, a tricky balance to find, you know, for creators to find on. If, you, if you're a long form creator, content creator, how do you insert shorts in, in that? So for me, it's going to be coming up with like a, a once a week, maybe short. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried something, I think it was in September, which did really well, which was I batch recorded five shorts and then programmed them to upload it. So it took the same effort as it did for to record one long form video, which is a lot. You got five videos, nice. yeah. It was nice because you know it, it was they were all related, they were all kind of about the same thing, and and that makes a difference. What didn't work, and I can tell can tell that because I experienced, I've experimented a lot with shorts. What doesn't work, and I, and I, I'm from believer that if you, if you're doing this, stop, <laughs> is repurposing long long form content mm. into shorts mm. because unless you're, you're a genius and your long form content is very, very engaging, like Mr. Beast style, then you can make short versions of it, great. But in tech, it's hard, right? Because in a long form video reviewing a bit of tech, you, you have a lot of time, you have like two minutes per section to talk about each feature, maybe. It's not gonna be sh- snappy so enough for it, short, is it? It's not, and, and people won't watch it. Yeah, so those don't work. And I, and I had that experience. I, even got people to edit my long form videos for a while. Like I outsourced that for a bit. Yeah, and it just didn't work. Now let's um, let's talk editing. You just brought the word up mm-hmm. and you've gone dirty on me. You've gone to Final Cut. Yes. I was convinced I was talking to another Premiere boy and there's not many of us out there. Sadly, I, I'm one of yeah. the few that still edits on Premiere, but... Yeah, I, I recently let go of Premiere, right? There was a period of time where I thought, I'll just use Final Cut and see what it's like. And I was almost like, there's no way it's going to be better than Premiere. Um, but it turns out, yeah, for me, it was, it was a difficult transition um, because I started on Premiere Pro and, and I loved using that. I even learned a little bit, you know, through Peter McKinnon videos on uh, those early Peter McKinnon videos, tutorials on, um, you know, motion graphics and stuff like that. And, you know, it got to a point where I had quite a lot of plugins, you know, quite a, a really nice workflow. Mm-hmm. I had auditioned for the audio. Yeah. But... Oh, you're talking my language. Yeah. Audition and premiere. Yeah, and it I was... I feel at home. You know, it was technically a great workflow. But what I found for me was, was difficult to, um, to manage, you know, time-wise. He added a bit more time. And with YouTube, as you find, right, it's, it's going to be what, you know, can you do more videos... In, in, in the same time, mm-hmm. you know, the more videos you can produce, the better. So reducing, even if it's like 15 minutes, that it takes. Uh, so you find that, prim, uh, that Final Cut's a quicker workflow? Then? It's faster. Yeah. 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 And th- there's a combination of things, right? Because there was the ch- changing software and learning that. And obviously it took time, but it is quicker uh, to, to edit. And this is, it's just simpler. Mm-hmm. There are things that, for example, doing J cuts and L cuts in, in Final Cut, it's not as easy as it was on Premiere. Premiere is very intuitive for that. 
but it, but it's doable and it's 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 manageable. So you're now editing 100% in Final Cut, then are you? 100% in Final Cut. Yeah. There, there were. Um, I don't know if I can. You know, if you if you're listening to this, you're not going to see this. But on my ceiling, there's a fishing yep. line hanging there. Yeah. So there's one thing in Final Cut that it's impossible to do, which is to to mask very small things like a fishing line against the background. So there, there is the odd use case where I'll go to Final Cut or even uh, Da Vinci mm-hmm. to to do specific like wire masking, which is a feature that you know it, it's, it's hard to do in, in Final Cut or impossible. And what cameras are you shooting on in the studio? As a are you rolling B roll cameras? So my main camera is this one here. is, is an A seven S three from Sony. Uh, my B camera. Uh, I don't use it for every video, but most A-roll shots now have a, a two two angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another Sony ZV-E10. Love that thing. It's, it's a perfect camera for for you know, starting out creators or vlogging. It's just yeah, it's just great. It's a, it's a crop sensor, but it's fantastic for um, for that. And I think you know the, the reason that you've got two two cameras. I I think it helps is, is retention. I, I can definitely point to, to the graph, right? When I started using two cameras, it's such a silly thing, but, but changing the angle in a video will get people to, to stay for longer. It's more um, dimension, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. You're not looking at the same view the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, how it works. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, it was, it, it, it's obvious when you, when, you've, when you do it and you see the results. But at the beginning, I was like, come on, I'm, you know, the content is the content, you know, right? But yeah, people, it went from, and this is really bad. I mean, the first year, I don't think I ever got anything above 40% retention on my videos. Even though, you know, I spend a lot of time on B-roll and, and kind of the content is just, you know, people, people will fast forward because they've already heard it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep it uh, kind of dynamic and, and changing angles is, is something that really helps. And I always, I mean, and the best videos that I made are the ones where I mix indoor shots with outdoor shots. So having, having me just walking, sometimes even with my, with my phone, you know, people, people don't take, I never got, got a comment to said, you know, that those 15 seconds that you recorded there was an iPhone footage. You know, what's wrong with it? No one ever said that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more liberated. Sometimes if an idea pops into my head, I'll record it. And whether that becomes a short or whether that becomes a, se- a session in the video, it's a nice break from just me babbling on about stuff. On, in front, it's interesting that you noticed a difference in your attention though with when you went multicam. I didn't know it made a physical noticeable difference. Absolutely. But. It, 10% increase. Uh, yeah, I, can, I can pinpoint to you from this day is when I started to do multicam videos. It was January this year. Mm-hmm. My retention went up. I mean, there, there are other things that I did as well. There, there are, of course, yeah. There are videos where I use chapters mm-hmm. and the chapters... Some, sometimes help. Mm-hmm. If it's a long video, like 14, 15 minute video, chapters for me is a must because, you know, people will skim through and you got to kind of guide people. Parts, yeah. So I think those, a combination of using chapters in those cases, yes, that helps. Um, but yeah, just changing scene and changing, um, having a bit of a conversational style as well mm-hmm. is what helps because uh, sometimes, you know, if you just, you know, in my case, reading through a script that I wrote because, you know, almost like an article, it, it doesn't flow as a conversation would. And so in my process recently, I started to, to leave some gaps in the script. So you could talk more. Yeah, yeah. so I can, I can, 
free roll, as, as I say, a little bit more mm -hmm. than just kind of be. And sometimes I'll later in the edit remove it because it didn't go well. But sometimes, even if it's just me either being frustrated with a motorbike that went past or, you know, some stuff that happens that makes it a little bit more natural, right? And, and it's, yeah, I think that, that that's definitely helped with the retention. And it's not perfect yet. I mean, there's, there's only a few videos where it goes beyond 50%, which is not great. I mean, most, most uh, videos that are 10 minutes should be getting more than 50% for, for it to be like a, a decent, uh, decent video. Mm. And you said that this isn't yet a full-time mm -hmm. number for you. Is it close to becoming something you can see as being full-time? No, it's not. I think, and it's, the, lim the limitation is time. I am somewhat confident that if, you know, if I was doing this full-time, the, the financial benefit would come as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it could go like that, right? It's one of those things that I'm not confident enough to say, I will stop my other business and, and do fully YouTube, but I can see it happening. So I gave myself um, a bit of time. So I rented the space for three years. Mm -hmm. And that's the time where and I'll make a decision at the end of this, when 20, May 2025 is when I'll go, this has potential to work and I'll fully dedicate myself to that mm -hmm. or, or kind of just, just keep it going, but knowing that it's never going to be a... a a massive thing, but I, I'm quietly confident that it's... The seeds are there, aren't they, clearly? I mean, growth's there, sponsors are coming. Yeah, yeah, and, and as as of January next year, you know, I've got my first you know, big sponsor you know, name coming in, and I think that's that's a, a sign of good things, right, to come. So mm -hmm. hopefully I can... I can it gives you a little through. bit of security as well, I guess, if yeah. you've got a big sponsor coming through. Yeah, that would be amazing, because this is, you know, I, I do enjoy what I do outside of YouTube, but not as much as you. I mean, this is so much more more fun and more kind of more what I like to do. Yeah. Whereas my other job is it's what pays the bills. It resonates. I know I kind of almost tuck when I get my other work come through. I think, oh, got to go yeah. and do that before I can almost go to play. Before I can go and do the stuff that I really want to be getting on with. And it's crazy because as you say, the other stuff's paying more. Yeah. But it's not so much where the passion is anymore. No, exactly. And and. I think we all kind of always look for, for reasons why not to, right? But I think it's, it's not impossible, right? I think with YouTube, the opportunity is so big, right? Because mm -hmm. you could, it, all it takes is one video, yeah, right? And, and yeah. I've got a great example of, um, we were mentioning shorts, right? There's this one creator called Raul Pacheco, who we interviewed for, for another podcast. He, he very much, you know, was... One minute he had 5,000 subscribers, not going much, didn't know much what to do. He did one video about a Lego product that blew up like Mr. Beast style, like hundred millions of views or whatever. Yeah. And, and now he's, he's got himself now 1 million subscribers. It's, it's All crazy. One Lego brick, basically. Yeah. Obviously he did a lot more videos since yeah. then, but yeah. that, that one video changed everything. And, and I always believe that every video you make has that potential. And that's not something you see a lot in business, in, in, other, in other business. No, it's a unique business. I mean, we are essentially working for somebody else, as in YouTube is the paymaster. Yeah. But you still very much feel your, your own boss and you need to be the sort of person that's motivated, can get up in the morning, drive yourself, yeah. because the solitude can lead to laziness easily yeah. and complacency. So you do need to be motivated, have good ideas, drive yourself to make the next video. And as you say, it's always that next video because... We wrap up in a week and then we start all over again the following week. New ideas, new ways of shooting, new B, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on, yeah. doesn't it? 
And, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, you, you become what you do. Yeah. Right? And it, yeah. you know, I, I, I won't lie to you. You know, at the, big, at the very beginning for a long time, there's this imposter syndrome going on, right? Where you think I'm not, uh, you know, this is, this, you know, this is not who I am or the, but if you do something for long enough and you, and you follow some of the best practices, right? And, and you kind of start kind of yourself uh, getting better at the craft. Um, yeah, you become it. You know? so, so I would say today, yeah, I am confidently, I can say I'm a content creator because mm. I, I know end to end what, what, what takes to, to do that. Um, and I, yeah, I'm a firm believer that so anyone can become it, even though you, know, you might be just starting to go actually I can, I can be it. It's just, you just have to do more of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's never, there's never a better time than today now to start yeah. a channel because the amount of mistakes you make along the way in those early days will only pave for a better future. Yeah. They're yeah. all for the good, aren't they? Absolutely. And then it's, it's good to be self-aware, right? That if you make 10 videos and they're all tank, don't despair, right? I think I've made over 200 videos now and I still have videos that tank. So it's, it's one of those things that you just, you just, need to every every video improve a little bit more make something say, better yeah sometimes you'll be able to say actually for this particular video i don't need to go full creative mode i just need to be very precise in what i'm saying in other videos you go actually this one is a you know what i call flagship videos i have to nail everything the how i sound you know how i look the how lighting the, the, yeah. the product shots and everything and so mm. there's yeah, I, I love the fact that it's never finished. You know, everywhere I look in the studio and every time I watch my own video back, I go, yeah, I need a new lens. Or yes, I, I need to improve that angle a little bit. I need to change this and that. So it, it fascinates me that it's it's a constant thing. Mm. Going back to the beginning of the conversation, right? The, the, yeah, there will be changes uh, in the channel. Absolutely. Well, I was going to have two questions before I let you get on with your day. And that was going to be one of them, the future of the channel. We've mm. talked about where tech space is currently. Yeah. We've talked about some of the changes you've made, whether actually getting out of the studio walls or using the multicam. What do you see the future, say, in the next 12 months being of the channel? And have you got an idea of how you'd like it to go? Yeah, I, I think for the next, um, yeah, so for this year, I've got already planned videos that I need, I need to make by the end of the year. But for, for next year, in January and February is a good time to kind of take stock yeah, and, more and rethink, which is when I decided to, have a studio, right? It was like in January this year, after realizing that my bedroom was too small. Um, so I think next year will be the same. So I'll, I'll probably take a more um, kind of prescriptive approach to, to how I create content, not be too, not allow myself to be in a situation where I committed to videos that I don't want to make. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think so that that'll be a clear, um, clear direction in the channel. So I'll make videos that work for the channel. And you know, you know, and sponsors obviously is a great is a great point because they, they they do play an important part of the channel. You know, otherwise, I can't run it as a business. But the way I will introduce sponsors in the videos will be different to to how I've done it so far. Again, more more prescriptive. And the other thing is I'm thinking is is to create things that are getting me closer to to my community because I love the interaction that I get in the comment section. And I knew this day would come and it's a nice problem to have where I don't have enough time to respond to every single comment anymore. There was a point up until earlier this year that that was possible and I never left like a single comment mm. unanswered. But that it's, it's now, unfortunately, because I do love that interaction. I don't just say, 
thumbs up, right? Just go in and comment and answer the question. And maybe sometimes even ask a question because mm -hmm. viewers, there's so many videos that I made actually were based on, on those comments. And so what I want to do from next year is to allow, you know, allow a space for, for me to get closer to, to my community. And that might be through um, either a, a kind of a vlog style channel, maybe a vlog style access. Mm -hmm. I haven't thought it, uh, thought it through yet, but it's just, I want to create something that, that allows people. Yeah, some, some people will come to the channel for a single product mm -hmm. and they get what they want and they don't ever come back. And that's just, that's life, right? That's how it works. They got what they wanted. They got the content. They answered their question. And they've gone, but a lot of people come back and they, they stay, you know, for, for, for you. And I think for those people, I think it would be nice to, you know, have, have a, because in every video where right, you've got like eight, 10 minutes to, to talk about a product, you're not really getting closer. You're not no. really. And, and I think, you turn up, do the job kind of thing. And then it's. Yeah. And, and I really want, yeah. So building a community is super important for me. And I want to do that either, even if it's just an article that I write to them about the stuff that I've done mm -hmm. and, and share that with, with the community or like I said, a kind of vlog style, a bit more relaxed or even if it's just like, and I had a goal this year of doing at least six live streams and I think I'm close to, to that. And again, those live streams did really well from a conversational perspective. Mm -hmm. No script, just mm -hmm. let's talk about, I think it was a MacBook Air, the one I did recently. Fantastic. I, I love the fact that people came on and they just asked me questions. And Joined in. Off the hook. I right? know. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I think for next year, and I'll do more of that. And you mentioned a few moments ago that you've been this side. You, you've got a podcast course, which you record with Patrick. Yeah. And I know you've got a couple recorded ready for broadcast, but uh, you'll have to give me the links to where people can find the podcast. But is it all about creators? Again, you're speaking to other creators. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're quite proud of that, that podcast, actually, because you know, it has, again, great potential. We've interviewed some great creators already. So uh, it's called The Tube Life. Yeah, it's on, it's on everywhere, on Spotify, Spotify and Apple, whatever. So yeah, it, it, we need to, to kick that, uh, start that again. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we have two episodes coming up. One with Brian Cobble, which is a great graphic designer, I think he's, he's kind of an iPad, but it's not iPad, but tablet um, designer. And it's fun. I mean, his channels are multi-million subscribers. You know, he's a great guy. But yeah, we've had people like Sagi from, from YouTube and also Peter Lindgren and Tom Buck, some really good creators out there. Um, and yeah, we, we, we love, I mean, podcasts is, is, is such a great thing. I mean, we, yeah, especially when he's in person. This is the first time actually I'm doing a podcast. Oh, good, <laughs> good. Early I, I, I love podcasts. Yeah. I've, I, conversation, just, yeah. It, yeah, I've always loved it. I enjoy watching them and, and listening to them now. Mm. Keep me, I was listening to podcasts on the way here today. Yeah. And yeah, if I could make a complete channel out of this, I would. Well, I have got a separate channel, but you know, if I could do this, only these, yeah. more, but of course the weakness in that business plan is I'm reliant on guests give me dates to record. And it's yeah. never easy. There's a lot of planning goes in, yeah, uh, finding true. guests and finding interesting guests and people with different stories to tell. But I, 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 if, I could, if I had my way, that's what I'd do full time. Yeah, no, I love it as well. I think I started doing, at the very beginning again, is one of the things that you learn the, the, wrong, the hard way, uh, recorded. It was like an hour long conversation. It was online, right? With people, I would have guests, but online. Mm. And I called it like, so like the month, the review of the month, what happened in tech this month? Mm -hmm. It was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Plenty to talk about. Creators come in and talk. Yep. And you can still find those videos in my channel. But the retention is awful, right? Because 
people watching in live, great. They, they, they were contributing with comments. And Patrick and I actually found that ourselves last year when we, when we tried the, the Tube Life uh, with creators online and actually live streaming as well at the same time. Mm -hmm. it, it just came, we, we were just too frazzled with, do we talk about the stuff that we wanted to talk about? Do we listen to the comments? It was just too much, right? So I think we, we, having this or we can record, have a chat. If you want to remove stuff later, that's fine, right? There's no one like right now mm -hmm. listening to it mm -hmm. live. So, so it's a little bit more relaxed and I, I love this. Um, yeah. yeah, I find them great company. And, and also learn a lot. One thing I have done though with podcasts, I've been a little bit more selective. I used to listen to a lot of how-to in the, in the tube mm. space. And I found that actually harming me because I was almost slavish, slavishly following their suggestions right. to the, the harm of listening to my own heart. And so I was thinking, well, they've just said, yeah, I should be trying to do this. I was constantly chasing the next dragon mm. while I'm just trying to establish my own way forward. Yeah. Clearly you can learn from people, but I find I learn a lot more from talking to you than listening to a podcast from one of the big yeah. creators out there saying how, you know, this is the way to grow your channel. They can be good to a point, but equally harmful. It's very superficial, right? And I think, yeah, I, I wish there was a lot more people talking about, you know, the nitty gritty of, you know, yeah, I mean, with those other channels, the big ones you, you were just mentioning, of course, at the back end of it, they've got a product to sell and that's their courses. Yeah. That's their editing. They want yeah. you to spend money with them. Whereas hopefully what we can bring to creators watching this is some truth. Yeah. You know, two guys yeah. talking about what it takes to actually make content, upload content to pitfalls. And hopefully that's what's come out of it today because, I mean, your channel is clearly going places. You've got this lovely studio now as well. You're enjoying what you're doing. Thank you're, you, yeah. You're, you know, you're looking so relaxed and happy in front of the camera now. Yeah, thank you. I I, I definitely want this to be a success and, and I... And I no, it's a journey. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that there's great things to come, but yeah. We'll, we'll, well, I'll be leaving links to everywhere because I know you're on Medium as well. You're another writer. Yeah. I yeah. love it on Medium. Not as much as I'd love to, but yeah, I, I, I do sometimes post it there. Same yeah. on Medium and you've got the Tube Life, the podcast, obviously the main channel here. More yeah. to come from that. There's plenty of places. You've got your website as well, over on Twitter. I'll leave links to everywhere. Instagram you're on. Yeah, I'm on Twitter every day. It's probably where you find me uh, more easily. But yeah. yeah on, on YouTube, of course. I think that's uh, how we first hooked up, wasn't it, on Twitter? I'm sure it was. Yeah. 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 Twitter's a great place to find people. It is. Yeah, I don't know where that's going to go because that, that's going to... Uh, yeah, bit, uh, briefly before we wrap up then, what's yeah. your, uh, that's the hot topic here, isn't it? In fact, everyone's talking about it. I haven't, whether I'm not a deep enough user of Twitter, I'm on it every day like you. Mm. I haven't noticed at my lowly level of a massive change yet, but everyone's saying doomsday is about to come. No, I think it's a perception thing. It's, it's to me, it's the same as it was. Uh, it's, yeah. It is, uh, right? It, it yeah. is the same. It's the same as it was. I think the same people you follow, read, are still there, saying the same yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a perception going on, right? Which is which is human, right? The I am excited though for for the, the promises that are being made around that it could become more of a creator's content platform. creation. I think you know if if we have the right approach to to content creation on, on Twitter, it'd be amazing. I mean, of course, it, it remains to be seen whether whether that will be a a viable stream for for creators. Mm. But it'd be nice to have yeah have have something else, right? Because well, YouTube, I think YouTube is fantastic, but it would be, I'm curious to, to know what, what Twitter could bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know there's, you know, just because one person's bought it, everyone's coming out uh, and people clearly have dislikes to Elon, you know, some people love him, some people hate him, but that is clearly fueling a lot of this discussion about Twitter at the moment. It still mm. remains, certainly for what we do and for reporters, 
the best source out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that you can approach anybody, whether yeah. you're going to get a response or not, right? It's, it's fascinating to me. Well, in fact, I, I had a problem with Adobe on the weekend. I know you're probably laughing, says who doesn't have a problem with Adobe, but I, I reached out to him on a DM and within five minutes on a Saturday afternoon yeah. at four o'clock, I had an answer back. And not just a bot, somebody actually looking at my account and saying, oh, well, you know, that can be news on such and such a day. Amazing. Yeah. It just works so well. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. I I, I do like where where they're going as well with avoiding a, a kind of fake accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the charging of eight dollars, I think, is um, is not here or there because that's probably what's going to fund content creation. But I I do like the fact that we're trying to we're trying to clean up a little bit because mm. there's so much noise out there. There's people, a lot of you know trolls. Let's face it, right? That that come in and just say nasty things yeah. for no reason. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Be nice to kind of get a level playing field that everyone that you talk to, you know, is a real person Personal. behind it. Not, not like, you know, someone who's with a fake account or, or a bot. So what's next for you today then? As I leave you and I turn tails and drive down the road, what are you going to be creating today? I'm actually going to record my next video. So I've got a script ready to go. Uh, it's, uh, it's, about, it's about the watch. Um, I don't think it will go this week, probably next week. I've got a video that is almost is already edited for the A-roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, which for this is, week. For this week. And, and this week is going to be um, almost like a, a thought piece, right? That there's not mm-hmm. a product in, in person mm-hmm. that I'm reviewing. I, every, I don't know, every few months I like to do something. It's just me talking about something that, my, my opinions on something. Yeah. And this one is going to be Android versus iOS. Um, mainly because everything that I've seen before on this subject there we go, a live siren. We got away with it almost. It was an hour, right? Without, without any we did well. There was no we, believe it or not, we're actually quite near a main road. Beyond that window, there's a, a fairly busy road. This studio is, does remarkably well for not being too noisy. Yeah, yeah. There's a motorbike that fired up earlier as well. That we, we've been quite lucky that it didn't go. So yeah. Um, so you're going to be busy editing for the rest of the day then? Yeah, so there'll be some, some B-roll recording uh, whilst it's still lighter, like, like the, you know, I've cleaned up this this table to to do some B roll stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be it for me today. I've, I should be home. I don't know about five o'clock um, for the. Evening. I'll keep you no longer. And if you've made it to the end of the podcast, I think probably before the podcast goes up or around it, there's going to be a quick studio tour with Alex. As well, we've got just a few moments for me. Yeah, definitely. I'm yeah. just going to follow him around with my phone, have a little look behind the scenes, so you can see what happens when Alex is sitting editing, recording. You get a better idea of what's going on. So if you haven't checked that video out, it'll be over on the the main channel, not on the podcast channel you're on now. But Alex, thank you for your time today. It's been oh, brilliant. You. I'm really awesome. glad we got together, sat down, had a chat. Oh, Loved every moment again. of it. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I'll come back sometime soon. Thank Alex, you. thanks very much indeed. Yes. Now that's the sort of podcast I wish I'd found when I was trying to start this channel. Oh, so much great content in it. Alex, thank you very much indeed for your time. I had a fantastic day. If you're looking to get in touch with Alex or find him, well, he's over on YouTube, of course, the main channel, Alex Gear and Tech. You'll find him on Twitter, Alex G Tech One. Over on Insta is Alex Tech. He's a fellow writer on Medium as well. So you'll find him there, Alex Gear and Tech. And the podcast that he does along with Patrick is called The Tube Life. And you'll find it on all the main platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to get in touch with me during the next couple of weeks, then via the website, talkingtechinaudio.com is a great way to do it. And I will be back in a couple of weeks time with another great guest and another Minus 16. I'll see you then.